0: All right, you're watching a episode, a special episode of the CTO Advisor podcast. I'd say special a lot of times. One, I don't know if I've ever had Alistair on the actual podcast. Alistair, we, we've done content together, but have you ever been on the podcast?
1: No, I don't think I've ever been on the podcast. I think we've we've done projects and produced video together, but I don't think it's ever been for this podcast.
0: Yeah. So this is it's special in that sense. Then it's special in a sense like you've been doing stealth work for the past like month or so, yeah, a little over a month. What, what have you been up to?
1: Well, I kind of teased it at the end of last year that I was uh, switching out of doing things domestically in New Zealand and switching back to to working in the the wider IT community and more analyst type work and I've been joining you Keith uh, here at the CTO advisor and at the wider futurum group and it's a pretty exciting big change for me to be part of a larger collective rather than just being me here in my shed quarters in New Zealand.
0: Yeah and speaking of shed quarters in New Zealand I'm literally on the polar opposite side of the world literally uh, the only way I can get any opposite if I went a little south to Spain, I'm in Amsterdam attending Cisco Live and more of my Futurum group hat. and people have wondered what has happened to the CTO advisor. This podcast is an example of uh, the investment that Futurum group and we're making in a CTO advisor as I expand my role to global advisor at Futurum Group, our ability to talk to CTOs, talk to IT DMs, IT decision makers, that mission has not changed. We still very much want to help people along with their career paths. We want to help them make decisions. This is part of that journey. So you are the first full-time or kind of full-time other CTO advisor. So welcome welcome to the team, Alistair.
1: Thank you very much. It is such a pleasure to be here. As you can see, I've been working on the beard and and the the lack of hair on the top to make sure that I properly represent (laughs) the Advisor brand. And of course, been studying uh, with you what goes on in this world as uh, advising uh, these decision makers, uh, getting beyond just the technical hands-on towards more of the business value of the technology that we deliver. And it's part of the conversation that you and I have been having over the years is, is how you move up that stack, how you move from being a hands-on practitioner more towards uh, being the engineering decision maker up towards the business decision maker. Clearly, you made that transition quite a while ago, and uh, I've been following along as we go.
0: So let's kind of give the lay of the land of the Futurum group as it's related to the CTO advisor You know, the CTO advisor used to do these really cool lab projects where, you know, we got a bunch of Juniper six ten k switches. We get a bunch of Oracle Cloud infrastructure, AWS infrastructure. We tell these CTO journeys. Give me an update on a lab. Are we still doing the lab thing?
1: Well, yes. We still want to do hands-on lab work with the wider Futurum group as a, as a support to it. But the thing that's different about CTO Advisor is we've very much come from the point of view of what's the, d- the business decision maker, What's the person inside the or customer thinking about what are their criteria for making decisions? And this is where I think CTO Advisor brings a huge value into the wider Futurum group uh, as being very much the customer focused inwards towards the technology. A lot of the analyst and labs tends to come from the other direction and be vendor focused. And uh, we just bring that difference in perspective. And uh, I think there's a huge value of having those two different types of perspective brought together.
0: Yeah, we've seen this practically happen. Me and Steve Dickens come at the Broadcom acquisition of VMware from two different perspectives. Steve looks at it from the angle of, wow, Broadcom has Uh, bought this super valuable asset in VMware. Shareholders should be extremely pleased. The business of Broadcom will be greatly improved. And you know what? I'm I'm going to take a step back because the audience has heard my opinion plenty of times. How do you think the Broadcom acquisition of VMware has impacted our community of decision makers and practitioners?
1: So I separated it in the same way that Broadcom does. Broadcom cares about those very largest of customers. They care very deeply and want to retain those customers. Customers for whom an increase in the actual purchase price is not really that significant compared to the cost of retooling to use something else. Uh, Whereas the customers that are are negatively affected here are the smaller customers where that capital cost, that switch to an, an OPEX, Um, monthly acquisition that is is going to be higher than they were expecting Uh, those are very impactful and that cost of switching to a different technology will be uh, potentially lower those are the customers who are going to be significantly impacted the the large enterprise that broadcom from the beginning said they care about uh, they're not going to be so concerned Uh, i think there is a, a huge opportunity for Uh, this reassessment. One of the things that VMware did is it it allowed you to not have to reassess your uh, underlying platform every time there was new hardware versions, because it was all abstracted away. Well, this change in, in cost model is a point at which the customers are going to reassess whether they have that right platform, and That's going to be an interesting set of decisions that we'll see. I think as you go to the smaller end of the market, it's going to be much easier for people to transition away from VMware. But as their processes, as their integrations uh, are much more reliant on on the VMware stack, it's much harder to move away. And I saw this hands-on at the educational institute I spent the last six months working at. Uh, They were very quickly, they got hit by an increased cost, uh, and they were very cash-strapped at the moment and decided they were going to move away from VMware as their hypervisor platform. Um, I could see that being very painful for
0: them because of the degree of integration into the VMware platform they had. So this is an example of how both you and I look at, especially the VMware community, uh, uh, an acquisition of, by Broadcom, and its impact to that VMware community. We're both still relatively close to that, but I think where our paths diverge a bit in technical capability you've spent the past few years teaching aws developer courses well i've taught taught across the, the sort of core of all
1: of the aws courses the architecting and devops and development and i've definitely seen a difference in an approach to how you build it solutions and get the most of value and i could see this being an, an, another opportunity for a shift away from on-premises virtualization towards more cloud-native applications. Um, the interesting thing I've been seeing is, is a lot of rise of discussion to how DevOps methodologies aren't necessarily the solution to all of our ills and mm-hmm. that uh, they bring their own sets of problems. And it kind of echoes what I've uh, talked about in some of the courses, where if you're redeveloping your on-premises monolithic application to being this um, fully serverless application that runs in the cloud, uh, you're never actually going to get to the end of that because there'll be another change that comes along, and there'll be another architecture, and we get this wonderful joy of the really long tail of IT. Uh, We need another mass extinction event like the Y2K event to cut that tail off and, and allow us to start again. And this is the kind of challenges that enterprise organizations always get, is there's this really long tail of investment of business process that's encoded in pieces of technology that potentially have been superseded, but still run production, and that production is incredibly valuable.
0: So as an expert in training cuz you've trained you know you've trained as long as I've known you Alistair, I'm like the when if I think about like my first interaction with you was not even me knowing you it was me using your autolabs uh uh community project which enabled us to automatically and systematically to redeploy our VMware vSphere lab environments way back in my virtualized geek days as you're looking at the shift of, as you're looking at the shift in focus at that SMB mid-market customer and needing to adjust to the, the reality of VMware and Broadcom, what do you see CTOs, CIOs needing to invest in skills for their teams to make that leap?
1: Consulting about learning paths for customers is very much learning what the customer's current skillset that current teams are about. But the places we are seeing a lot of innovation uh, is still in software as a service delivery. Uh, Consuming the things that run your business as a service rather than having to run your own infrastructure. So getting increasing skills around how you integrate the collections of software as a service uh there's definitely a a move up the stack This continuous move up the stack of moving away from caring about the interrupts on the boards from back when i had here and and um, my children were still preschool uh through the time when i've been a trainer and i've been uh, started teaching uh vmware training courses in 2006 um through that time we progressively got more and more abstracted more and more uh of the, the low level undifferentiated heavy lifting being automated and obviously the cloud's the end of that so getting some of that focus lifted outwards lifted upwards away from the, the minutia of implementing things and as a hands-on technologist uh, i love that minutiae but it doesn't deliver the most value um so yeah definitely trying to assist your teams in working towards more automated more declarative things it's some of the same stories we've been talking about for the last 10 years
0: so we've wow. talked about this uh, at detail for network as a network as not network as a service but uh, network as code and yes. this ability for network engineers to make a leap from people who can perform perform changes at the CLI to consuming these data center platforms whether we're talking about You know, uh, companies like Aviatrix, uh, these SaaS-like companies, there's a mix between uh, or this thin line between SaaS and IaaS that looks a lot like SaaS. I argue that VMC on AWS, VMware Cloud on AWS is actually a SaaS. You're not turning any VMware vSphere knobs that, you know, we're used to as these smart people we're allocating to being more process driven, more business driven, making the same leap that you're making. What are some of the practicals, like other than going to go work for the Futurum Group? How can they develop some of these skills? So I'll, I'll the uh, I have a talk track for this. My top track is either t- cross training with uh, with other internal groups, or finding a job that is closer to the business, such as uh, sales engineer (SE), or going back to school, or having yep. stand like a stint like at a uh, ISV or service provider, such as a PwC, et cetera, et cetera. Yep. So countdown, and then just answer it as you as you do. all
1: right three two one, one well i think there are a whole lot of different ways of acquiring new skills one of the first things to do is in your existing role think about how does what i do impact the business right? because most of us work in companies where the delivery of IT is not the purpose of the business and so starting to to get your focus out to what's the purpose of the business how is it being furthered now if you're early in your career going and you really want to big make a big change um, further study if you did a computer science degree then heading towards doing something that's more like an mba getting more of that business language because there's a whole other language as you start moving out of the technology Uh, but it may be that it's simply mentorship within your organization go and, and find somebody who is a level up but across on another reporting line it may be go and find some some uh training on youtube it may be that you go look for a new role that is adjacent to your current role that is maybe more aligned that may be within your organization if it's a nice progressive organization that allows you to move Uh, sometimes these it organizations the infrastructure people get held in one place because it's so hard to find good ones that you don't let them go so sometimes that does involve moving to a new organization in order to get that new horizon it really does depend on your position and your starting point. But getting that, that idea that the future focus is more, how do we make the business successful? What is it that, that this business does that is successful? And then the education is really good for getting a systematic thinking around how you look at a business and how you look at a different business because you might be in a manufacturing business and have a particular way that things uh, you, you have to work to achieve business success. It's very different from a service business. And having some of that formalized framework for education can be really useful for actually understanding your own skills your own
0: gaps so the i'm i'm really interested also kind of going back to I wanted to kind of do a victory lab and brag to my audience about your diverse skill your experience from a technical perspective your help with our projects where we you know compared all the various VMware cloud solutions and help customers with that decision matrix. A lot of good work on uh, the past technical side. What are you most looking forward to in this new role?
1: Well, I'm looking forward to digging both technically into AI. How do you implement? How do you build an AI solution? Uh, But also, how does... AI get integrated into another solution. Because AI isn't going to be the the product. AI is going to be a feature of things in the future. And I'm really interested to see how AI is going to be integrated into products and to see the very beginnings of it. I've already been in briefings around uh, how you might automate building AI tools into something rather than just building an AI tool. So this is going to be a big area of focus for me as well as I think for the wider CTO advisor and Futurum group for the next. Um, six, to 12 to 36 months. Um, and just generally learning more at that higher level of how businesses are making decisions, how businesses are being impacted by both good and bad decisions.
0: So I'm excited about getting you in the mix. We've introduced you to some of our biggest clients. As a new CTO advisor and analyst, we're looking forward to you getting briefed by AWS, HPE. I even introduced you to SAP, which is it's about as far out of your area of do, your domain oh, yeah. expertise. We're actually looking to get you come, to get you to come up here all the way from New Zealand. We're not up here because I'm in Europe and we don't want you to have to fly that way or that way if you're not watching the videos on the other side of the world uh, we're, uh, and getting you integrated with the rest of the team. Uh, Alistair, where can people find you uh, until you have your first post on either the ctovisor.com or the Future Group website?
1: Well, my primary historic of publication and hopefully i can start publishing there again is at Uh, that's been my blog since 2006 when i became an independent um contractor and, and started writing about vmware uh, you can occasionally find things from me on uh, on x twitter uh and i really need to ramp up publication on uh on linkedin as well because that seems to be replacing uh x as the the location to um actually engage around these these uh, issues so general identity for me alistair cook as well as demitas nz as the uh as the ids everywhere of course demitas is my a uh, small but powerful company and NZ for New Zealand where I live. And I definitely need to get up to the US more because it's it's all very well talking online like this. But it's when you share a meal with somebody that you actually build those relationships, those understandings from much less formal interactions. And I really do need to be up and around the people in the US for those. I'm absolutely not averse to, to travel to, the, to Europe. I've been to Barcelona so many times.
0: I haven't got enough fingers to count them. All right, and if you want to find more about the CTO Advisor or Futurum Group, you can visit Futurum Group on the web, The oh, actually FuturumGroup.com. Call it myself. You can find the CTO Advisor at the CTOAdvisor.com. I'm at Cisco Live the week of this recording, the week that you're listening to this. So there will be content freshly posted to the CTOvisor.com as I visit uh, Tech Field Day, X, a Tech Field Day brand, another Futurum Group company. Talk to you on the Twitters or X.com at CTO Advisor. Talk to you soon.